to Faith in the Fast Life, brought to you by Fast Life Ministries. The podcast that dives deep into the stories of God's redemption. 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 This week, what dreams are made of. I have this strong feeling like my life will never be the same after this moment. Joseph Allen on Faith in the Fast Life. Give our podcast a follow and check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Check out FastLifeMinistries.com to partner with us and keep our podcast going. Now let's get into the episode. So Faith in the Fast Life, here we go. We are on another Supercross series. This will be the last of the series with uh, Joseph Allen. And uh, Joseph is, what a great opportunity. I just happened to be walking through the crowd at the Denver Supercross wearing a, a CXXII apparel hoodie. Uh, shout out to Ian and uh, Joseph recognized the hoodie. I didn't even recognize Joseph, but he says, man, that's a cool hoodie. And I, I think I said, are you a believer? And he says, you know it. So, yeah, here we are. Joseph Allen, man, welcome to the show. I, I, I'm not even sure exactly how to introduce Joseph other than, I mean, he's a, a Supercross motocross enthusiast. He is the announcer, one of the announcers for the Monster Energy Pro Supercross Tour. Um, he yeah, is yeah. a, uh, MTV challenge alumni. Is that, is that the good way to say yeah. that? Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. And, <laughs> and most importantly, he is a child of God who is, uh, here exactly. to share his testimony with us. So Joseph, without further ado, welcome, man. Good to have you here. Thank you. What an intro, man. That was like, that was like a grand interest right there. Yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> we try to lay out the red carpet for everybody. Here, here you are, my man. <laughs> that's cool man that's yeah. cool yeah so dude thank you i mean man we just we just want to know more like i said nothing scripted we just want to know uh you know tell a, tell us your story man like have you always been walking okay. with god tell about tell us about little joseph do you go by joseph or joe or does it does it matter uh, it doesn't really matter my friends call me joe so you just call me joe, joe. all right Yes. Sir. So tell us about little yeah. Joe when Joe was just a little guy. Tell us about your upbringing. How how did we get here? Oh man, it's uh you know everyone has a story. Uh, mine involves um, a Chick Fil A. For me, it was uh it was around ninth tenth grade. I saw a homeless guy sitting outside of a Chick Fil A. Mom had given me twenty dollars uh, that I could spend on whatever I wanted to. And of course, I had to get the Lord's chicken. So yeah. I went over <laughs> and, uh, and I decided to get food for myself and the homeless guy. And when I went over to talk to the homeless guy, there was another man over there who was, uh, talking some life into him and really just trying to encourage him. And, um, we were both, uh, doing the same thing, just trying to talk some life into him. And the guy asked me, he was like, you know, what church do you go to? And, um, and through conversation, I told him that really, like, one of the big things for my faith had been uh, coming across Lecrae and, like, coming across, like, the guys like Andy Minio and a lot of the, the hip-hop artists who um, were making an impact through using their talents to try and spread the word, try and open people's eyes to the message that Jesus came and gave. And, um, and this guy's name was Mark. And particularly, he decided to... Uh, Build a relationship with me, and from there it was like almost every day after school, uh, Mark and I would hang out, and he would help disciple me and, and educate me on, on different things that was in the Bible, and um, and it was just something that that stuck with me. I mean, continuously um, wanting to just get a deeper understanding of like why we're here, like who God is, like why why the sun shines, you know, like everything. Just a big curiosity on just why everything is the way it is. And, um, from there, it was just a path that I never really strayed too far off from. Um, there were times of course, where, where you find yourself less connected than usual. Um, but yeah, things started to change for me. The more and more I tried to sit into the comfort of understanding, like he's the alpha and the omega. So like, not just the beginning, but he's also the end. And in doing so, I found myself really kind of thinking of life more like a dream rather than something that I have control over. It's like, this is, this is a crazy way to put it, but 
let me know what your thoughts are on this, where it's like when you go to sleep and you have a dream, you know, there's, there's people who you could be talking to in your dream. You could be having a nightmare. You could be having all of these different things. But in that dream, if someone's talking to you, that person is really a creation of your own, right? Like that person isn't outside of your dream. It's someone that you created in your dream, yet you're listening to them and having conversation with them. So for me, it was kind of this realization of like where we're, what we're in is God's dream, which is why he's the beginning and the end, which is why he can calm the winds, which is why he, he can walk on water when he's in physical form. Like this is all his dream and he dreams lucid. But just like our dreams, we are a part of him. So whenever we communicate like you and I, whenever you and I communicate with each other, it's that understanding of just like when I have a dream, any communication going on, even though we're different, we're all a part of the same creation. We're all a part of God's mind. We're all a part of what he created. Um, so in doing that, I, I decided to, to kind of strengthen my faith by knowing, like what David said, when you walk through the valleys that are dark, like having no fear, understanding that not only is he the beginning, he's also the end. He controls the outcome. He sees everything. Our thoughts are his, his thoughts. Like he, he knows what we're thinking. He knows what we need, what we needed. And when I started to do that, that's when life really started to take more of a turn where I started to see I had more influence um, in, the, in the others around me compared to when I tried to hold on to the rain. So um, like going right after control. college. Yeah, exactly. So on, on that... On that, if I may, for me, there's a little bit of a delay between us, so I, I apologize. It'll be hard to hard to talk. We'll be a little chopped up, but in that, so you kind of asked what what my take is on that, and I think the big point of that is that I I love the way that your mind is staying open to just kind of dream and 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 be bigger. And like one of the big things that we're about with Fast Life Ministries and and me and if you, if you listen to episode 1 which is my story like you'll know that it took me 35 years plus to find God and find sobriety and these other things but right. i have a, i feel like i would maybe i would call myself a dreamer i think other people would maybe call me a, a visionary maybe that's like too official yeah, of a yeah. word like i don't want to get like i'm like got biblical prophecy or something going on but like i i i can see things bigger right and i think that our world as humans we tend to put God in a box, you know, right. like I think about a person tries to say, Oh, what I'm, I'm, I'm angry with God. And like, I'm like, how could you possibly be angry with God? Like he's so much bigger than that. Like he's bigger than our little puny brains could ever even fathom. Like he is right. the beginning and the end and everything in between. And then some, and more than the beginning that we even know or the end that we could ever understand. So for you to think about it in those terms of that dream, like, I just commend you for, for thinking outside the box and going bigger with that. And I, I think that's what's so cool about it. So I want you to backtrack for a minute with me, though, Joe. Let's okay. go back to before you ever met. Was it Mark that you met at Chick-fil-A? Yeah. Right? Let's go back. Tell us about your upbringing. Tell us about what your walk was like before that. Were you a believer? Did your family go to church? Tell us more about little Joe. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my biological mom and dad they divorced um and got remarried like by the time i was like two years old um so for as long as i can remember like i've had you know my biological mom my stepdad those brothers and sisters and in, in that community and then you know my biological dad my stepmom and then the brothers and sisters in that community um so i've, I've always been a part of this blended family that involved more than just, you know, one mom, one dad, but I had like multiple role models to look up to, uh, on my mom's side, um, they would go to church, you know, every, every Sunday, just about, and on my dad's side, he was a believer, but he was more of like one of those Bible individuals where, you know, um, he would go to church like maybe once a month, but around that, you know, he's, um, you know, doing his own studying and things like that. And um, for me, it was more like a leap of doubt than a leap of faith. Like, I'm the type of person where, like right now, I'm in Florida. Like, if someone were to say that Tom Brady was just around the corner doing a workout with his buddies, you know, like, I'm not just going to believe it. 
first I'm going to take a leap of doubt and I'm going to say, how do you know? You know, like how, how do you know it's Tom Brady and how do you know that he's training right now? And then if a person just tells me, oh, it's just uh, someone told me, you know, then it's like, ah, it's, it's not super credible. I got to see for myself. Right. So for me, I took leaps of doubt where it's like, okay, like I hear everyone saying these things, but I want to look into it myself. I want to see myself and I want to see if I become convinced. And uh, through doing that, that's where, um, that's where I think my relationship grew. Cause I would say, I, I wouldn't really say I believed as much as I believed after meeting Mark, my faith definitely was solidified in our studies and like what we were looking into, <clears throat> excuse me. But I would say up until then, like I was the, the typical person that's like, yeah, I'm a Christian, you know, like I'm, it's, that's what we do. You know, we're, we're Christian. Um, but I, I wouldn't say it was due to my own, uh, accord or my own looking, um, Cause I looked into a lot of different religions. I looked into, of course, the Jewish faith. I looked into Buddhism. I looked into, um, like the Muslim faith. What do the Mormons believe in? Like I looked around into everything just to kind of see like what was true. Right. Because I didn't weed anything out. I didn't want to just go based off of the first thing I heard. Like I wanted to compare and contrast. And what I found personally was it felt like a pool and it felt like the world was this pool, but no one could swim. So it felt like every single one of us were trying to survive. We're trying to get ourselves out of the pool, yet we don't have the tools necessary to do it. So we're all struggling. And then Christianity was the only one where I saw God reach his hand down into the pool and say, can I help you get out of it? Like you, he, he told me that I couldn't do it told me that, that I know you can't swim. And then on top of that, he jumped in the water and decided to put me on his shoulders and he died to help me get out. Yeah. That was the, so that was the romance that pulled me in. It's where I was like, all of these other ones, I kept striving, right? If you, if you look into these other ones, I saw like, you have to strive. Like in, in, in the Buddhist face, you have to reach Nirvana through practice, through work. Um, you know, and, and, the, the Islamic faith, you know, there's these rules where it's like, you're, you're not holy unless, you know, you make sure you pray five times a day, you make sure, you know, your women are covered, you know, like all of these things, it's like, you have to do these things in order to reach the standard where Christianity was the only one where God, instead of me trying to reach up to him, it was the only one where he reached out to me. So, um, yeah, once, once I got pulled by that, like I said, that's where I entered more of that dream state where it was just realizing that if this was indeed his dream, right, to go to go back to that metaphor, like I said, anyone who you have a conversation with in your dream is really a creation of your own. So we're all one body, right? Like we're all we're all a part of one singular thing. And in understanding that, it helped me understand what it meant to be made in the image of God, right? Like, like with my name being Joseph, anyone who shows up in my dream is just another image of Joseph. They're just a different image of me. They're a different creation of me. Yet I can communicate with them. I can see them. But if I have a nightmare, I got to see how dark my mind could be. Mm. If I have a dream that gives me bliss and joy, I got to see how a creation of my mind could make me feel such joy. So with, with God being the one who's in control of everything and it's his, everything is his and we're a creation of it, but we are in his image. It helped me to understand the power that was in me. Right. It, it helped me read stories a lot differently. Like with Peter, when he saw God himself, quote unquote, lucid dreaming, just walking on water because this is all his Right. You know how when you have a dream and you're like, wait a second, I'm dreaming and you're like, all right, well, I'm going to fly now. Or I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that because you realize you have the power to control everything. But when he sees Jesus walking on water, I realize the power of him saying, can I come out there and join you? And Jesus is saying, of course, no, come out here. Like this is him wanting to see another image of himself. 
another another image of God living within the compounds of understanding the full glory, the full identity of what they're made to do, the full understanding of not sinning, of not missing the mark. So Peter comes out on the water, and for a moment, he's not missing the mark. For a moment, he is also a part of the dream. For a moment, he's not worried about any of the fears that he's agreed to be true. He's not worried about anything that he's made up in his mind because God has also given us the power of the word. So you and I communicate. We have our own thoughts. We have our own free will. So in the past, Peter has made all of these agreements that the world is scared, that if you go out on the water, you drown. If you Like all these things, he didn't understand that he was an image of God. And for a moment, he shows us. But then when he looks down and he looks at the wind and he starts to look at the things that he's agreed upon in this world, that's when he starts to drown. And that's when God himself in human form looks at him and he asks him, what got into you? What happened? Yeah. And that's when I saw the power of like, we are all just like when you dream, we are all an image of God. Right. We are all different. You can walk around in one of your dreams. You can be in a full community of different people. Yet those are all images of you that you've created, yet they're all different. Right. So for Peter in a moment to be out of sin, not missing the mark, he's in line and he's walking with God in this dream on water, but then starts to drown. It's because of our own faith, our own belief systems. Yep. It's because we don't believe that we are you know, created to be conquerors without a spirit of fear, you know, without a spirit of doubt, because we believe in these lies, right? That's why it says we're born into sin. We're born into missing the mark from the very beginning. Yep. Because we're born into that, that's what causes us to start to struggle. That's how, as soon as I was out of college, I was supposed to go to college for mechanical engineering. God, when I gave it to him and I knew it was his dream and I'm just like, you just you just point me in the direction you want me to go for me to show you something that glorifies you, something that makes you say, I'm very proud of this specific image of myself. What do you want me to do to help reflect yourself back to you? And in doing that, that's where mechanical engineering, it gets scratched. Immediately, I have this feeling like I'm supposed to be studying film production because I feel like I'm going to do something on television. So I study films where I can understand it. And that's when, as soon as I graduate, I go into America's Got Talent. And at America's Got Talent, God positions things as if it's just a dream. And he positions things where students from my university happen to be in the audience. Um, the right things were in place for me to get what's called a golden buzzer, which is something that pushes you really far and, and increases the, the, the viewership of like your moment. And I was able to inspire millions of people just through trusting that he knows what's best for me. He can control all of these other things because it's his dream, right? Like in that story with Peter, when Jesus got back onto the boat, we're told that the wind itself died down. Of course it did because he controls everything the same way. Like when you lucid dream, it's his. So for us to give it up, he can then show us the full glory and the greatness that he has set up for us. So from there, that's where it's led to, you know, the, the, the challenge and then working with Supercross and like all of these different things where he keeps just positioning me in these, in these places where I can have that positive impact, where I can have that positive influence. And on top of that, I get to just look around and see how he makes everything move for our good, which is why there's the whole verse where it says, I know the plans I have for you, plans mm -hmm. to prosper you, plans to give you hope. You know, there's there's so much that he wants to do for us, but it all depends on, you know, like if we're willing to accept it. And that, I think, was the hardest part for me in my childhood growing up. Right. Let once me, I saw Let me hold you yeah, right there yeah. for a minute because I, I, I grabbed a couple things out of that that I think are so great. Like you, you're, you're very in tune with this dream thing and, and looking at the bigger picture. And I think a lot of people maybe aren't grabbing a hold of that. But one of the things that – you know, same circumstance, but my pastor would tell me when I first started walking, he'd say, just keep looking at Jesus, right? So he would he would break it down to right. Jesus in the boat. You know, as long as as humans that are born into sin and that are that are far from God by nature, 
as long as we continue to look at Jesus, continue to be in our word and, and, and read that word and let him speak to us while focusing on the one true king, he'll continue right. to open these doors. He'll continue to let us live the life that he intended for us. He'll continue to prosper us and give us a hope. He'll continue to go that way. We just have to keep looking at him. But our human nature wants us to stray away. We want to look this other way. We want to look at that thing. We want to look at our own understanding. We want to pay attention to the wind. We want to pay attention to the fact that we're sinking and drowning in the water. We want to pay attention to those things. But if we focus back on Jesus, just like Peter did, as long as he was looking at Jesus, he was walking on water. He was living exactly. the dream. You know, we puts a whole nother exactly. term to live in the dream. But the second he turned away from Jesus, he began to sink into this world again. So I wanted to grab a hold of that Whoa, real quick. Oh, that was well worded, dude. Yeah, thanks, bro. Like, Whoa. It's, yeah, I mean, it's 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 Whoa. that's living the dream. Just keep looking at Jesus and living the Word, and that and and you will learn the dream. So now let's jump back into it. So let's let's dive a little bit deeper because I didn't even realize. And, and forgive me, but I'm I'm not an America's Got Talent guy. We don't watch. Very little TV, but I did tell you that uh, for whatever reason, my wife and I get caught into the to the challenge every new season that comes out. Yeah, and every dude, time, good, like man. it's it's, it's there's some drama going on in that that we probably shouldn't be watching. <laughs> and I'm like, man, our kids are watching this stuff. But so so tell us more about your journey, man. So you you do America's Got Talent. You get the tell us yeah. more about that. And I I want to hear more about how God was with you through all of that, like. Because as you're walking into these, what I'll call, you know, the, our favorite words, secular realms that I've lived so long and continue, we're all humans, we're living in this secular world. How was the right. pressures of all of that? And how close, I mean, were you able to continue to stay close to God through all of that? Yeah, so I think that was something that, that inspired a lot of people from the video. So um, the... The moment on America's Got Talent was, I think, something that I think showed a lot of people the dream that had a lot of people baffled because even before I went out on stage, the host in 2019 was Terry Crews. And before I even went out on stage, Terry sent me on my way. He said, go out there, you know, show us what you got. And I didn't go out there. Instead, I stopped, I planted my feet, and I addressed him. And I told him, I said, I go out there and I get the golden buzzer. You have to come out there and you have to pick me up. The reason I had the boldness to make such a statement to him before going out on stage was for multiple reasons. Let me, let me paint the picture of what was shown to me, which gave me the confidence. So America's Got Talent, it films two times a day for two weeks straight. So they have a 3 p.m. showing and a 7 p.m. showing. And they interchange the crowd between each show to where the crowd is fresh, the judges get their makeup retouched up. And then when we come out there, you know, the crowd, they have the energy, they're excited. And I was scheduled for the second to last day before filming was done. Right. So each judge, how the system works is each judge has one golden buzzer that they can give away per season, just one. And there's only four judges. So with there being two days left of filming, I didn't know if there was a golden buzzer left. But I knew that people who get golden buzzers, like those go, those can break the internet, you know? So for me, it's like, that's what I'm shooting for. So when I show up on set, I realized that uh, through asking producers and things that Howie Mandel was the only judge who had his golden buzzer left. But with me knowing that there's two days left before the end of filming, um, I knew that there was a chance that it would, it would be gone before I get on stage but they had me scheduled for the 3 p.m. showing. So I'm like, okay, 3 p.m., like I'm in the early showing for today. Like I have enough, I have enough time to make it happen. Someone ends up getting injured and in getting injured, they move the schedule around and now I'm in the 7 p.m. showing. I got mad nervous. I'm like, there's no way because through the 3 p.m. showing, like there's probably going to be somebody who goes out there and crushes it. And then all you can get is just four yeses from the judges, you know, because all the judges would have used their golden buzzers. So I'm stressing, but I'm also trying to, you know, just remain calm. But it's it's real life, man. You're looking and it's like God really can. It's it's his dream. And we're all like I said, if you're walking around in a community of people in your dream, they're all images of you. So everyone who shows up is, an, is another image of God. And he has influence in all of their lives because he sees himself in all of us. 
Mm. Right. Just like you see yourself in every single thing you interact with in your dreams, everything down to the trees you create in your dreams are your own creation. So God, he knows who, you know, um, who he wants to bring rain for if they're farmers and, you know, they're, they're lined up with, with his will, you know, he, he knows how to move things according to helping them, you know, make it happen. So I'm stressing and I'm like, Oh man, like, you know, I don't want to take any blessings away from anyone else, but I really hope, you know, that there's enough time for me to go out there and make something happen. And I'm, I'm bugging the producers all during the 3 PM show. I'm like, did, did anyone get it? Did anyone get it? Did anyone get how he's go to bug? And it comes to the end of, of the 3 p.m. showing, and they let me know. They're like, no, he's not having a good day. He's having a bad day, and he hasn't, he hasn't given it away to anyone. He's, like, upset about something. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, it looks like, you know, like, for some reason that didn't, that didn't scare me. Instead, it gave me confidence because I started to feel like the reason he's having a bad day is because God is preparing something for me. That's how I was feeling, right? So that was the first thing. Then comes to the 7 p.m. showing, and then they tell me, hey, Joseph, we're going to have you perform third. So I'm one of the early people in the 7 p.m. showing. So I'm like, all right, things are starting to line up where I have, I have a better chance because the more people get in front of them, the more people, you know, who could potentially grab it. So the first group goes out there, and I'm standing backstage, and I'm talking. Uh, after they're done, like they got some X's, and, and the, the, the speakers are loud. The X's are like shaking the place. And Simon Cowell, like, I can hear him on the speakers, and he's just ripping into him. He's like, that dance performance was horrible. And, I mean, this couple, they flew all the way from the country of Spain just to America, just for their chance that America's got talent. And, I mean, they're getting their dreams crushed. Simon is just like, I don't know what you guys were thinking, you know, all of this stuff. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is intense. This is real. Like, if you thought any of it was fake, I'm, like, seeing it firsthand. I'm like, this is the real deal. And... The people are crying on stage and they come off stage and there's one more contestant before me and his name was Dom Chambers. He was a magician from Australia. He hops out there and he's commanding the crowd. I mean, just crushing his performance. And I hear the crowd just erupting. Like they're so loud. And immediately, like I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, well, the crowd is an amazing crowd. I'm like, but they're also showing this, this uh, magician so much love. And I think that I'm like, I'm literally going to watch the golden buzzer happen right before I go out on stage. And by the time he's done, all four judges are going through, you know, oh, that was amazing. That was amazing. And I'm listening attentively to Howie. His mood changed. Now he's like, oh, my gosh, I was like one of the best magic shows I've ever seen, yada, yada, yada. And he says, and that's a yes from me. So I heard his mood change and I heard that he didn't give away his golden buzzer. Before I went out on stage, I was journaling. And I don't have the journal with me right now. But in the journal, I had this sense of peace come over me as if the dreamer was trying to communicate with me. And I was thanking him in the journal. And I was just like, I, I, I have this strong feeling like my life will never be the same after this moment. And I started to tear up a little bit. And I was just telling him, thank you. Like, like, I feel it. Like, before I even go out there, I feel it. And I just can't say thanks enough. And I had just this amazing amount of joy and this amazing amount of peace, right? So when Terry Crews, he tells me, you know, go out there and crush it, I felt so confident that I look at him and I'm just like, if I go out there and get the golden buzzer, you got to come out there and pick me up. Because I started to imagine if this was a dream and everything were to go perfectly, as perfect as can be, how would I see it happen? And that's why I couldn't even help it. I never thought before to have Terry Crews come out there and pick me up. But immediately I was like, that would be the perfect cherry on top is I get the golden buzzer and Terry Crews comes out there and just picks me up, spins me around. I'm like, dude, that's legendary. So I tell him that. And then when I walk out on stage, I'm cheesing. I'm cheesing. I don't feel any nerves because I feel like I've seen it before. I'm cheesing as I walk out there and I kid you not. You already know I was supposed to be in the three o'clock show. They change out the crowd, all of these things. I realize why someone had broke their leg, why I got moved to the seven o'clock show immediately. Because when I walked out there, there was like 30 students from my college sitting right behind the judges going crazy when they recognized that it was me because you signed an NDA when you go on America's Got Talent. So I couldn't let anybody know 
that this is what I'm doing. But strangely enough, I went to Grand Canyon University. Our spring break doesn't line up with other schools' spring break. This was spring break at the university I went to in Arizona. About 30 students decided for spring break, let's take a trip <laughs> to Pasadena, California to watch a showing of America's Got Talent. They were scheduled for the 7 p.m. show. God moved me out of the 3 p.m. show into the 7 p.m. show because it's his dream. He can do whatever he wants. He can move things however he wants. The only thing he can't do is speak for us. We have free will. So he's looking at images of himself. And because I acknowledge the fact that he's in control, he saw an image of himself that he said, let me see what I can do on my end to help you out. The moment I saw the students, I knew I was in the dream. I was looking at Jesus. I knew that in terms of walking on the water, I'm in that state. All I have to do right now is not get discouraged by any thoughts of doubt, by any thoughts of fear. So the moment I saw that, immediately I knew the moment this music starts playing and I start singing, I just have to finish. And I kid you not, when I got to the last the last part of the song, my voice started to shake because I knew what was happening. I knew what was coming and I couldn't even finish the song. My voice started to shake before I was even done and I fell to the ground crying before the song was even finished. And then Howie Mandel, he's a germaphobe. He doesn't like touching people, anything. He stood up on top of the table. He said, you said that he told me, he said, you said you wanted to leave a footprint in this world. He said, well, I'm going to give you the footprint that you need to leap. Mm. And then he stomped on the golden buzzer. Confetti's coming down. Everyone's going crazy. And Terry Crews comes out there and picks me up. All like it was just a dream, which confirmed what I was writing in my journal, which confirmed the faith, right? Like I say all this to say there's a, there's a story of the lady who was bleeding for like 12 years and Jesus, he's walking through a crowd of people. And this is to show that he can influence so much, but he, he can't influence, he can't speak for you and he can't choose for you, which is why he had to swallow Jonah in a well. Because he knows that in the dream, he might need you to speak to these images of himself in this specific part of town. But if you don't decide to, he's going to try and work things to make that happen for the betterment of everyone that's made in his image. Right. But in when it comes down to how his power works and how he influences us, Jesus, as he's walking through this crowd of people, he asks everyone around him, who just touched me? And his disciples, they say, they're like, what do you mean? You're in a crowd of people. Everyone's bumping into you. And he says, no, because I felt power go out from me. Yeah. I felt power leave me. And that's when the lady finally admits it. She's like, it's me. She said, I believe that if I was just able to touch the edge of your cloak, that I would be healed. And he lets her know, just like he let the centurion know, it's your faith that healed you. It's your belief that this is my creation, that I'm the one in control here. It's my dream. It's your belief in me that I could do that is what made it happen the same way the centurion said you know my, one of my men he's sick and jesus asked him do you need me to come with you jesus is communicating with another image of himself in the dream do you need me to come with you for you to be convinced and he says no i command men and when i tell them this or when i tell them that they listen they do it i tell this one to stand he stands i tell this one to sit he sits all you have to do is say the word and my man will be healed jesus stopped everyone in that moment attention over here and he points to this man and he says i want you to look he says i haven't found anyone here with as much faith as this man this is god speaking in flesh and he shows this is what he cares about he stops what he's doing to point and so please pay attention this is what i care about if you believe that where you're at is mine and that i have full control here that's what pleases me so yeah, so okay, so so you got through that last part. You talked about you know how how all that came together. Your journaling and all those things came together to make that moment happen. And and now what? Where does God take you next? Uh, right after that, um, took me to the quarterfinals. 
um, I actually turned down like a couple record label offers uh, to where I could keep my freedom. Uh, so that way, like my creating my creations couldn't be controlled or dictated. Um, from there, I moved to Austin, Texas, to where I could take advantage of it being like a, a music capital. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to do some live shows and, you know, really start working on touring. And that's when COVID happened, 2020. Yeah. Um, so luckily, because because I mix, master, produce, engineer all of my music myself, like it didn't slow down my production. So I started putting out a song every Friday um, just to kind of work on my craft, increase my fan base, like, and uh, have something to do throughout, um, throughout the pandemic. And that's when MTV reached out. I was like, Hey, you know, you want to, you want to hop on the challenge? And I was like, dude, there's nothing else going on this year. I was like, and I'd never heard of the show. I was like, let's do it. And man, what, once I started like doing research and looking into it, I was like, this is insane. And yeah, we went out to Iceland. We filmed season 36, uh, got my introduction to the MTV crew. Definitely a, uh, a wild, a wild bunch of individuals. Um, definitely a spot where, you know, it's, uh, it's less community around you for, for those who understand the dream maker, I would say to stay with the, with the theme. Um, how was that? I mean, uh, was that hard for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, because no, honestly, like, like I, I watch that show and I go, man, some yeah, of these kids yeah, are there, far from God right now. Like, I, and I know personally because I was there drinking, right. drugging, sexing, pornography, right. all I mean, I lived that life. That was me. So I see right. them and I go, man, like I've been there before. Right. Right. So it, it was, you know, like we're all, like I said, images of God. And it's like looking at them, it's like just understanding, you know, like some, some know, some don't. And, you know, there's a lot that goes on in that house on and off camera. But I think what made it a little easier for me is I was the youngest person in the house. Uh, so because of that, I could take like this little brother approach where I got to play the role of uh, I feel too young to be involved in these things. You know what I mean? Like I could play that role. where It's just like, no, nah, that's not me. You know, I, I, uh, you know, I got to, I got to have an influence on them, but in the same token, they also were allowed to have an influence on me. So it, um, it was definitely, I would say a little bit more of a challenging season because, you know, you're, you're trapped in a house, no phone, no anything like that. So it was a, uh, it seemed like I found myself cursing more, more often than usual. Uh, I found myself just doing things that like definitely showed that it, it wore off on me for a little bit. Um, and it was a challenge, no pun intended to like try and get myself, you know, like back to, um, back to what I felt like was, was a more authentic version of, of how I viewed myself. Um, so yeah, I was able to, to have a lot of fun, make cool relationships. And on top of that, I guess, grow, um, grow a lot more facing, facing different types of challenges than I was expecting to face in 2020. And then coming into 2021, uh, when the world started to open up, especially in Florida, I just made the move to Florida, uh, did some touring in Florida. So I did like a whole Florida tour, did music in Gainesville, Tampa, Orlando, uh, Tallahassee, and just all over. And then um, from there, started to get some more momentum on the music. I just released an album then. And while on tour, right, just to further confirm that this is just a dream, man. And the dream maker, if he sees an image of himself that, you know, that he sees reflections of himself. Like when we pray, when we do things like that, he's seeing a version of himself that goes, okay, uh, like... When he gave us the commandments, be fruitful, right? To Adam and Eve. Imagine you created a dream in your head. You built this world, but it's a linear dream. So every time you close your eyes at night, you're watching it chronologically take place. But they're all images of you. And you're just like, create. And like, you have control over everything. God gave us that. He said, you have dominion over all the animals, all the plants, everything. You are me in this dream. But you've also given every image of yourself 
free will. So they can write songs, right? And you don't know what these songs will say, but if the song is beautiful, you understand that the one who wrote this song is a version of yourself, an image of you. You then get glory from their beautiful song because you get to go, I didn't know that I could create something like that. That was so beautiful in seeing that it pleases the image maker. It pleases you, the one who's having the dream. So like in because that, I would say- think- I, I'm sorry. I, I I catch these moments. I, I, I think of that. So another, another quick one, like I'm, I'm a father, right? We have three kids. Okay. And that's that little, that's that moment when, when my little four-year-old boy does something that like, right. like, like even this morning, like he was singing a song this morning when he woke up and, and it was, right. I think his preschool is teaching him, you know, Jesus loves me. And like, you just, just hearing him and it didn't glorify me. It glorified God. But the feeling that I got from that was Precisely. Oh, wow. So that's that's that thing. That's me putting the feeling that you're describing. That's that feeling for it, for the listeners. Exactly, because your son is the closest physical image of you. Yeah. Right. Like like you, the dreams that you have, they could be all over the place. At one moment, you're like saying what's up to a friend. You turn around and Michael Jackson's like, hee hee, and you're like, Michael, <laughs> how have you been? You know. And then Michael's like, dude, you got to come back to the house that last party you were at was crazy, but we're doing another one. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I'll get the carpets ready. And then you wake up and you're like, how did I end up talking about carpets with Michael Jackson? Right. It's not linear. It's all over the place, but they're all creations. Michael, who you were talking to was really yourself talking to yourself in your dream, just another image of you that you created. Right. So in continuation of that, God's dream is linear. What we experience, we wake up, it's linear. Time goes in a linear direction. So when it comes down to like him seeing these images of himself and seeing their creation and seeing these things, he gets that feeling like what you got from your son where it's like, oh my goodness, that's so crazy to see this version of myself because these different images of you and your dream, I'm trying my best to make it coherent and make sense. These images of you in your dream, there could be one version of you that's seven foot, five inches tall. There could be another version of you that's five feet tall. There could be one version that ends up replicating into a woman, another version that ends up replicating into a man. But they're all creations of you. They're all made in your image. It's your dream. Now, imagine you see the seven foot five tall guy in uh, in a situation where he's in a snowstorm, but he needs a jacket but it's your dream. So you decide to move a whole bunch of Buffalo in his direction, hoping that he has enough courage to slay one of these Buffalo and create a jacket. But instead you see this image showing signs of fear and backing away where it's like, but do you not understand that you are a part of a dream where you are in the image of the dreamer? All you have to do is go over, receive your jacket. I put it in front of you. Don't show signs of fear. Because even if things got to the point where it looked like seven foot five version image of you was about to die, it's your dream. Right on cue, that buffalo has a cardiovascular attack. You know what I mean? Like you control a lot. You just don't control the free will of these images because then they can't glorify you. They can't show you a version of yourself that makes you go, that's impressive. I love that. That gives me glory. That makes me go because I, I now know that this is in like, just like your son, it's like looking at it and just going, Oh my goodness. I didn't even know that I like to sing. You know what I mean? I didn't even know. So I got one further on that. So like with what you just said, like thinking about the seven foot five version of yourself and the Buffalo, right? Um, right. I like to think that any, so obviously we were born into sin and sin is all around us. We're living in a spiritual realm, right? So even if you, if you talk about it as a dream or whatever it is, we're, we're, we're engaged in spiritual battles every single day, whether we recognize it or not. And as sinners, right. it, it, we fall short and we're constantly living in a state of temptation to where, right. but in that, because we have that free will, we have a choice to turn to the temptation or we have the choice to turn back to the to the hall pass that God has given us. 
Every time exactly. we're tempted by something, God is also throwing us a lifeline saying, hey, you can turn here and do the right thing, right? And I always like to refer Precisely. to the cartoons as a little kid of the, you know, the angel and the devil on the shoulder talking, and that's real. That's hey. actually happening. And the Holy Spirit saying, hey, this way, and the temptation right. saying, hey, over here. But God gives us exactly. that lifeline. He He puts those those situations are happening, and, and, and that free will is our choice to make if we're choosing to turn towards him. We're choosing to look at Jesus and continue to look at him. We're going to continue to walk in on water and live the dream out. Exactly. Because, oh. because speaking of the dream during my show in Gainesville, right? This is to talk about how you and I got into, into contact. This is how things got moved around during my show in Gainesville. The daughter of a man named Sean Brennan, who runs public relations for Supercross, happened to be at the show. She realized that I had posted on my Instagram just so, just like a couple weeks ago, if not just a week ago, that I was in Atlanta supporting my friend Sean Cantrell, a, a Supercross racer. I was at the race supporting him, and I posted about it. She was a fan of my music, so she's at the show, and she's like, hey, I saw you were at Atlanta Supercross. I can talk to my dad about you potentially, you know, like singing the national anthem at one of the events. So Sean Brennan, he reaches out to me on social media because his daughter has me on social media. And when he reaches out, he says, hey, why are riders like Jet Lawrence, RJ Hampshire, like all of these riders following you on social media? And I tell him, hey, I grew up racing. I'm a huge fan of the sport. I have a lot of buddies in the sport, you know, and, uh, and that's that. He says, no, we're not going to have you sing the national anthem. Would you like to be involved with the sport? Of course, I realized life is but a dream, and the dreamer just moved this in my direction. He moved the buffalo right in place, so now it's about me making the kill to put on the jacket. So I'm like, okay, I see where the dream is going, and I agree. I agree with his will, what he wants for me. Of course, I'll do it. When I look at everything and look at how everything lined up, there's no way in the world that the daughter of public relations it's just going to happen to be at the show, happen to reach out, do those things. So I know that it's, 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 it's something for me to pay attention to. It's a sign for me to see and understand this is what's next for me. Right. So with me not knowing what the future could hold because COVID just showed us anything can happen, I made sure that I agreed to this because it seemed like God was the one who provided it for me. He was the one who, who positioned it for me to see it and proposed it to me. So because of that, I say yes, and the rest is history. I'm at every round of Supercross, and you and I run into each other for us to be having this conversation. Right, and that's beautiful. And I got to tell you, too, something uh, a good friend of mine who, who follows Supercross closely, I told him uh, that we are going to have this conversation, and he's like, oh, wow, he's a believer. He says, he says I should have known because when he speaks, there's just something different. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like you can just tell that there's a happier energy about it. And so keep living yeah. in that. And the thing I would tell you, brothers, I love, I love that you're walking in this. I love that we're doing this conversation. I love your obedience to his call. And, and what I'll say is being willing to jump, right? You're willing to take the leap and figure out where he's going to land you next. And that is, I commend you for that, but, but keep walking in it. Keep sharing the story, man. We're going to, you know, anything else super on your heart that you want to share in this episode? I just, I just want to say thank you, man. Like that's the whole reason you had the sweater on that day was yeah. for me to, to, to say something that led to this. Right. Yeah. And I, I want to say thank you for jumping as well, man, because you know, that, that shows us that we're supposed to be making some type of impact Absolutely. and you're on the right, you're on the right path considering how things are moving. It's like, pay attention, pay attention to that. And just know that that's his way of, of moving the Buffalo. That's his way of controlling the wind. That's his way of saying, I'm proud of you. So yeah, there's something, there's something you're doing, you yeah. know, that's, that's clearly got, got the dreamer saying, I'm very proud of this version of myself, this image that was made in my image. I'm very proud of it. I'm, I'm, I'm proud that you were able to work your way out of the dark places. I'm proud that not only were you able to work your way out of the dark places, but you reach out to people like me to, you know, be a part of your story and a part of your journey. So I can't say thanks enough, man. I think that's why I was so called to say, dude, just whatever we could do, man, I would love to be a part of it. 
Yeah, dude, honored to have you. So one of the things we also do towards the end of the show is I I, I do what we call the, the one thing. What's one thing okay. you want the listeners to, to take hold of about about Jesus, about God? What's what's if you can simplify one thing, what would that be? In the beginning we messed up because we ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I think that when we pay attention to evil, that's what takes us away from the connection of the one who created this entire thing. Pay less attention to evil and you'll see the beauty of where we really are. That's the one thing. Yep. That's so true too. Cause we have a Kinsey and we won't get much into it, but uh, even on my Facebook page, I'd encourage everybody to look at my personal Facebook page. And I posted something that uh, a pastor Pastor Gene Roncone wrote regarding the shootings in Texas here recently. And uh, people say, what's yeah. wrong with this world? And it's a multitude of things. It's not, we can't look at just one thing as to why we're here. It's been a, it's been generations now and seasons now of, of turning away from what's right and what's under God and turning to those evil things. And we continue to look at those evil things and there's multiple evil things involved with why that went down. So yes, if we keep yeah. looking at evil, we're going to keep finding evil, right? We keep looking at God. We're gonna find God. Whatever you focus on, you'll find more of. So keep looking at Jesus. Precisely. So precisely, man, Joseph, so stoked to have you here today. Um, for the followers, for the listeners, how can they find you if they don't already follow you? How do they follow you on social medias? Uh, it's at it's Joseph Allen on Instagram. Uh, I don't really use Twitter, but it's that on Twitter as well. And then TikTok, Joseph Allen official and uh, Joseph Allen official on Facebook. Awesome, man. We thank you so much for your time here for all the listeners. Share this story. You never know who needs it, who needs to hear it. Uh, Obviously, fastlifeministries.com for all the links to all this fun stuff. And if you're encouraged to donate to our ministry to keep these podcasts going we'd love for for the listeners to partner with us and keep this going so joseph thank you again god bless all the listeners god bless you man we are so thankful so grateful for what the creator has done for us man just can't wait to catch up with you again yes sir yes sir you got my number man anytime all right mom appreciate you we're signing out